0: Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to episode number 38 of Let's Go Racing with David Stone. Our Tyler Jones here with you. So glad to have you with us. Coming up on today's show, we're going to be joined by Landon Capsule of the NASCAR Xfinity Series. We will talk to Landon about how his season's going so far and also his path to get to this point. And Some iRacing news as well with Landon when he joins us coming up in just a little while from right now. As always, we are presented by Whataburger. Don't forget that every Whataburger is made fresh, served hot, prepared just like you like it. Want jalapenos and cheese on that? No problem. They've got you covered. Whataburger, proud to serve it hot and fresh 24 hours a day. David Starr joins us right now. David, how are we doing? Man, we're doing great, man. You guys doing all right? Hey, we're doing well, doing well, David. Uh, You had a, a busy weekend. There in uh, Bristol, we saw you get some TV time on the cup side with the uh, 32nd place finish uh, there, and then uh, on the Xfinity side, David. Uh, you ended up finishing 30th. Tell us about your doubleheader weekend there at uh, the last great Coliseum, Bristol Motor Speedway.
1: Man, always exciting when you race at Bristol. We uh race Friday night and uh. Man, my Waterburger Toyota Super was pretty awesome. A little tight in the center. We just had a hard time getting off the corners. It was pretty pretty tight. We kept adjusting on it and was getting it where we needed it. And then I got uh, I got hit in the left rear by uh, Tommy Joe Martin. It's just one of those racing things. But I uh, I believe I held him up the week prior. You know, Tommy Joe's a good guy, great friend of mine, great race car driver, and uh I didn't realize it, that he was going to win a stage there at Richmond. And, uh, man, I I think I blocked him. And I blocked him on purpose, but I didn't realize it was him. You know, you, you don't think Tommy Joe Martin's going to be leading the race. And if I'd have known that it was him while I was blocking, I probably would have let him go on and gone on by, you know what I mean? Because he's underfunded team. He's like a lot of us, you know, we're just doing the best we can to survive. And, uh, man, it was amazing when I found out it was him. And, uh, you know, I it actually, I caused him not to win the stage. And I'm sure he was upset about that. And, uh, and then later on in the race, he got taken out. And uh, so I had seen on, I don't know, I don't do much social media, but his fans were killing me. <laughs> and uh, I think it was probably a little payback from uh, the Richmond race. And uh, he got into us a little bit, which we were so lucky. When you spin or crash coming off turn four at Bristol, you usually don't can, can you usually don't get to finish the race, you know, we just got lucky and didn't hit anything, but, but, you know, knowing race cars, if, if, for our fans that are listening, if you know, race cars, our tire rod in got caught underneath the, uh, the, underneath the uh, front uh, sway bar arm and, and got jammed up, and it took me about three laps to go forward, go, to back up, go forward, and, and, Try to get it unstuck, and I was lucky enough that we got it unstuck. And was able to finish the race, but man, when you're three, four laps down, it's hard to make that up. But man, that was an exciting race. I uh, I didn't really get to see what was going on because myself, we were we were busy racing. But uh, but man, what an exciting finish to that Xfinity race Friday night it was un- amazing.
0: Yeah, yeah. and uh, Dominic Oregon of the RacingExperts joins us as well, Dom. What a weekend at Bristol. They put on quite the show, and we saw Bristol live up to the hype. That was some of the best Bristol racing we've seen in a long time.
2: Oh, we sure did. I was watching that race, and I felt like a fan on the edge of my seat, right? You are wondering what's going to happen in those last few laps in the cup race. Cut-off elimination race for the playoff guys, and the Xfinity race the night before. Great racing this weekend. We always know that Bristol, on the quadruple weekend, right, with the truck series and the ARCA series, always produces great racing. And this weekend was was no exception to that.
0: David, I want to get your thoughts on this before we bring in Landon here. Uh, Kyle Larson gets the win, continues the dominating season he's had, and now we have our uh, championship 12 uh, that have advanced on. And you had the situation with Chase Elliott and Kevin Harvick. I know you've been following up on it as well. What did you make of just everything that occurred on Saturday night, from Kyle Larson winning to the exchange that – uh, Elliot and Harvick had to the guys that ended up making the final twelve.
1: Well, I mean, you know, it's it's Bristol, you know, it's Bristol, and there's usually tempers going to flare, and and uh, it was exciting, man. I, I tell you what, a little drama in our sport doesn't hurt our sport. I mean, there's people that don't even follow NASCAR racing. You throw in a little drama from Kevin Harvick and uh, Chase Elliott. And next thing you know, some of these fun of my friends that don't even follow our great sport of NASCAR racing, they're calling me and, you know, they're asking me about it, you know what I mean? So I I think Bristol lived up to its height, but having some drama like it played out is good for our sport. More eyes are watching, but uh, hey, man, it's just racing, you know what I mean? It's just racing and uh, you know, it happens. You know, it's kind of cool to see Kevin Harvick up there, the old Kevin Harvick and Stuart Hostine, where they're where you know they're racing for a win, you know, and uh, you know, there's a lot of passion there, you know what I mean? So, uh, a lot of passion on everybody's side, and uh, man, it's just it's Bristol lived up to its name,
0: yeah, uh, absolutely right about that. Bristol certainly put on a show to uh, say the least, and uh, Dalek, we're going to bring in uh, Lennon Castle here. I want you to tell us. About Landon and uh, his background and such, uh, I mean, he's been incredible in racing, but Landon's been around the uh, NASCAR scene for, for a while now.
2: Absolutely. Racing has been a part of his life, his entire life. He's been racing since the age of three years old, hailing from the great state of Iowa. Was a junior motorsports development driver, NASCAR Xfinity Series, in the late 2000s. And has driven in countless Cup Series and Xfinity races. Currently races full-time in the NASCAR Xfinity Series. We welcome in Landon Castle on this week's show. Landon, thanks for joining us.
3: Hey, thanks, guys, for having me. I appreciate it. Tyler, it's good to hear your voice again.
2: <laughs> He's got that old voice, I How I Landon. You got <laughs> such an iconic, like, golden million-dollar voice. That's right. <laughs> you guys are too kind. I'm just glad
0: to have a fellow midwestern in here, In uh, Landon, uh, hailing from Cedar Rapids, Iowa. Uh, that's where <laughs> you're from, and you're still there to this day, uh, right, Landon?
3: Yeah, that's right. Yep, I'm um, I'm here in Cedar Rapids, and uh, yeah, those Midwestern folks, we've just we're we're a little uh, we're just a little more wholesome, aren't we?
0: Oh, we are, <laughs> and that that Iowa nice is such a real thing too. You guys are some of the nicest people around. That, that culture, I, I love the folks out in Iowa.
3: <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs>
1: Hey, Landon, man, it's cool having you on our podcast, man. You got a big following, a lot of race fans that follow you and cheer for you week in and week out, and, man, you know, we always, uh, it's cool having a, a, a race car driver on here of your stature, and, and uh, you know, you've been racing in NASCAR for a long time. You know, we've seen you for years running in the Cup Series, and, you know, now in the Xfinity Series and you've been a part of this sport for a long time and you're one hell of a race car driver. But, you know, take kind of interested, Take us back to the start. You know, where, where did where did Landon Castle discover stock car racing? How did that happen? Uh, you know, we, was your dad involved, your mom, uncle? How did, how did all this come to be? Did, you know, when did you know you wanted to be a race car driver and you know, make a living at it?
3: Yeah, I mean, I, I've always wanted to be a race car driver from the time I was a little kid. Um, And I didn't grow up in a racing family necessarily, but I grew up in a car family. Uh, My family's in in the car business in Castle Motors in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. And I grew up uh, going to Hawkeye Downs Speedway every Friday night as a kid watching uh, race cars. And I knew every driver of every division. Uh, I watched every NASCAR race on Sunday. I knew every driver and just always loved it. Um, you know, but what's unique is when you're a kid, you don't really know the path. And, uh, um, it takes a good, it takes parents, you know, it takes family support to even get off the ground. Uh, and, and my dad bought my brother and I go karts when I was eight years old. And that was really the start before then we raced four wheelers and rode them around. And that's sort of how I learned how to drive a vehicle, but go-kart racing is when it got competitive and, Um, and from that point forward, it's just, just, you know, it's, it's a drug, man. It's addicting and you just (laughs) get, you get further and further into it. And we were racing more and more and more through my teenage years, raced full-size stock cars and, um, super late models all over the country. And, um, and that was during the, the mid two thousands when, uh, the teams were in a, a young driver, um, hiring phase, kind of like they have been in the last couple years, and and so I was I was on the list with with all the other young drivers at the time, and I got hired by Hendrick Motorsports uh, in 2007, and was uh, my my first job, uh, my first gig, I guess you could say, on the job for Hendrick Motorsports was to test Jeff Gordon's Daytona 500 car in 2007. So uh, that was a pretty pretty big day for me. I was 17 years old at the time. Seventeen hopping in Jeff Gordon's car—that had to be surreal. Did were you pinching yourself when you got that moment? Yeah, it was. It was. Uh, it was definitely crazy. It was incredible um, to to go to that organization. I worked for Hendrick for five years. Um, uh, tested majority of the time I tested for Jimmy Johnson on uh, the forty eight team. And Chad Canales and uh, drove a lot of their cars. I drove Dale Jr.'s cars, Mark Martin's cars, Jeff Gordon's cars, um, Kyle Busch's cars, and um, and then it was you know 2009, 2010, 11. I would say is when I started you know transitioning out of test driving and and racing um, and racing and and I guess by racing I mean starting parking because I my first Cup starts were all my first 20 cup starts were all starting parks driving for small teams but I wouldn't have gotten those opportunities if I hadn't been test driving at the time because there weren't a lot of drivers in NASCAR that could drive the COT and and get them in the show there was 50 entries at a lot of those races david was I remember you were driving for Levine at the time um and it's that that was a um, that was a hard that was a hard time, and and the the sport really needed drivers that could qualify those cars into the races, and so my my testing experience at Hendrick is really what put me in those rides and got me in the Cup Series.
1: Man, that's amazing to to be able to. to man, I had no idea that you were a test driver for Hendrick Motorsports. Man, that that is that is amazing at such a young age to build a drive for Jeff Gordon. Test for Jeff Gordon and, and all the Kyle Busch and Jimmy Johnson, unbelievable. And working with their crew chiefs and their engineers, man, that's uh, – man, that just don't happen to a lot of us drivers out there, man. That's, that's amazing. And you think landing that experience and working with the, that uh, a team like Hendrick Motorsports and working with them for – finally jumped over to the cup side – and you had to start qualifying cars, and, uh, man, uh, you you, uh, you didn't have no problem. I remember, man, there was, the fields were tough to qualify for, but you could always tell if Landon Castle was out there that you were going to be one one of the guys that would make it into the race.
3: Yeah, thank you. Yeah, I mean, that was that, – that time, my time at Hendrick at a young age, you know, um, the testing, it just laid the foundation for me to learn what – that caliber of organization looked for in a driver and looked for in feedback. And, and I do feel like as a result, my career beyond then I've, I've fit in these, a lot of different roles at race teams that um, that needed that kind of development, right. They needed to get out of a hole or they needed um, to to, you know, get back to where they knew they could run equipment-wise or even, like, upstart teams. I mean, I've driven for several upstart teams in my career, like BK Racing, Starcom Racing, Hillman Racing, um, Circle Sport. Those are all teams that were, you know, trying to build from the ground up. And I thought, and it just seemed like um, what I learned working for Chad Knauss, uh, which was an intense Part of my career, right when wow. driving for Chad, um, you know, really helped me give the the type of feedback um, that that my crew chiefs and engineers were looking for, um, and I'm extremely thankful for that because uh, you know I, I didn't have those tools out. That, that's those that's solely things that I learned at Hendrick.
2: Well, and Landon, I, the other one I've, I've really been curious about asking you too, like you said, your first 20 starts in the Cup Series were starting park efforts. You look at Phoenix Racing, the Racers Group, Larry Gunzelman. But then five races into 2011, you got to run a majority of the schedule there for James Finch in the 51 car. How did that all come together? And, like, again, were you pinching yourself? Because here you are mm-hmm. running week in and week out in a Cup Series ride.
3: Yeah, it um, <clears throat> it came together because I drove – I, I drove so many starting parks for James, and um, and I finished third driving for him in the Xfinity race at Daytona um, in 2011. Um, but I had driven a lot of starting park races for him the year before, and we had some success together. And they had a rough start to their season in 2011. So I was still testing for Hendrick at the time, and they were getting Hendrick engines on that team. And, um, and they had plans with Hendrick to get some R and D cars for a few races. Um, so, so James called me up. It was, you know, driving for James, David, I don't know if you ever drove for James Finch, just about everybody has at some point, but he was, he was an interesting guy to drive for, you know, I owe a lot of my career to him because, um, he, he put me in a race car and, and I, I do believe that at one point, I think I could boast that I had driven for James Finch for more consecutive races than any other driver has driven without getting fired. So uh, there's, there's a streak there that I've had uh, driving for James. So he he's, he's not an easy guy to drive for, but I owe a lot of my career to him, but he called me up on a, on a Tuesday and, and uh, it was about a three minute conversation. He asked if I wanted to drive his car at Fontana that upcoming weekend. Uh, he didn't tell me how much I was getting paid. If I was getting paid, <laughs> He didn't tell me if it was for two races or one race or 10 races. He just asked me if I was available and I just said yes. That was it. Uh, So I went to the racetrack and I drove for him and he just kept me in the car. We never had a contract. We never even talked about salary. I just got a check in the mail. (laughs) That was it. I got my first check in the mail driving for him after about three or four weeks. And it was, it was just enough money that I didn't know if it was for one race or if it was for all the races that I had driven. for them. <laughs> uh, But it, it's, uh, over the course of that year, I got the same check every month. So <laughs> there was really no performance incentive or anything like that. Um, <laughs> he just died, but, but that was where those, that was, you know, I didn't get a rookie year because I start and parked. So I lost my rookie eligibility because I made so many starts. So, but that was, that was my rookie year as a driver. Um, yeah. So, you know, anybody that's worked with James Finch can probably, you know, understand what I'm saying that I, when I say that I spent my rookie year driving for James Finch, that was a, that was an experience.
0: So tell well, me I- this, Landon, uh, you, you've raced, uh, you know, under the Hendrick banner, you know, for Dell Juniors, Junior Motorsports, BK Racing, Front Row. Uh, you mentioned James Finch, just to name a few. What's the thing you're most proud of uh,
3: of what you've accomplished and if you've raced for? What would that be, Landon? I mean, I think it, I think it was getting Mike Hillman's team off the ground and um, and racing our way into the Daytona 500, which pretty much dictated the 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 ability for that team to to stay in business for the year. Um, yeah, that was a really hard time for for Cup Series teams to make it. They had to they had to race their way in at the start of the season every year. Um, and, and when you start the season with no sponsorship, I mean, that whether you make Daytona or not can determine if you can go to the next three or four races and that that's probably, you know, specifically probably one of the most, one of, one of the things that I'm most proud of is just what those couple of years that I spent at Hillman racing and the family that came out of that, um, and my relationship with the Hillmans, um, you know, collectively, I think that just you know just a few years a few weeks ago I made my 500th NASCAR start and um to me that that was just kind of astounding that um that I've raced that many times in the sport I've I've it's provided a family for me and, and a lifestyle and a living and a home and um you know that's that really set me back that was an emotional race
1: Yeah, you know, it's just listening to you talk and talking about James Finch, man, I, I'll <laughs> tell you what, I've been doing this 24 years, and I mean, if, if you were good enough for James Finch to call you on the telephone, you were a damn good race car driver, because when James Finch went to the race, when he goes to the racetrack, they go to win, mm-hmm. and uh, man, it's not anybody gets a phone call from James Finch, so you know, Landon, when you got that phone call from him, you you know, it it meant a lot to him. He had the faith in you and, and you know, you had the ability to be able to take his cars to victory lane. So man, I, I'm not surprised, but man, kind of interesting. I I forget, forget all that. Now that you're talking about it, I remember it now, but, and, and, you know, James Finch, man, he, he only goes one way and that's first class. I mean, he had Hendrick Motors and, you know, he tried to hire the best people and had the best race cars. And man, what an opportunity that was! And and, uh, and then I remember you, uh, you know, talking about the Hillman family. Man, what a great racing family! And uh, man, they they were in that Cup Series for a long time. And it's interesting to hear. Uh, uh, and I remember now, now that you're talking about it, people don't realize. I mean, the Cinderella story when you made the Daytona 500 for their first time and like you said man you you put them in business because I don't I don't think if you wouldn't have made the race I mean it's you you never know it's you you never know what the future looks like but when you don't make the Daytona 500 man it's easy for a team to go out of business because you spend so much money preparing to make that race and if you don't make it man you don't spend almost your whole budget trying to make it and for the teams that do make it uh, man, it's a lifesaver. It's a career saver for the team and the driver. And, uh, man, that's that's amazing. Those are great Cinderella stories right there. Amazing, man. And just, uh, man, it, dude, you've had such a cool career. And it ain't been very long. But, man, 500 starts is amazing. And, man, I mean, I didn't even know about all the Hendrix stuff. Dude, that's amazing, man. I mean, you know, I'm just sitting here listening to you talk. Man, would that have been cool to have been – if Hendricks would have said you know Landon you're a hell of a test driver you've done us a great job we're just going to throw you in there and you're just going to be a partner to Jimmy Johnson and Jeff Gordon <laughs> I mean that would I mean the opportunity it's possible that could have happened but man it's uh but man it's cool to hear your story unbelievable
3: yeah it's it, it really is it is cool and it's I'm I'm so grateful for it I, I think especially now I'm so much so grateful for it um you know I'm 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 married. I've got kids, and you know, I just, I, you know, I, I love racing. Race cars are cool, and I'm, I'm so lucky that it's that it's provided for me for this long.
1: Well, I think the good Lord has blessed you with uh, your ability and your talent as a driver. <laughs> You're pretty, pretty damn good race car driver. I've, I've driven you. I've, I've seen the back of your race car a whole lot. That's for <laughs> sure over the years, you know. And, uh, <laughs> but you know what. Our fans and a lot of them understand a lot of them don't, you know, and, and uh, even when you have the ability and you're good at your trade and you're a damn good race car driver, you know, we, you know, and, you know, it's a shame that our, our ability doesn't give us that team that we need to drive for to build a win races. And, uh, man, I've always respected uh, what you've done. I mean, you, you've done so much with with not a lot. And that means fundings of the different teams you've driven for. It ain't like you've been driven for Hendricks and, uh, you know, Joe Gibbs over the years. I mean, you've had to fight and, and, and claw for everything you have. And, uh, you know, in the, in the today's world of professional auto racing, you know, if, uh, if you don't bring millions and millions of dollars with you, you really don't even have a job anymore. So to mm-hmm. see what you have done and to, 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 to sustain like you have in such a Great sport at the top level, man. It, it says a lot about your ability and who you are and your determination and the passion you have for stock car racing, that's for sure.
3: Thank you. Yeah, that that means a lot, David. It, it is, it's still, it's this the sport though, I mean, and, and I think any sport is this way and maybe even any business, especially when you're at the highest performing level, um, it your talent, your skill, that's just one component, you know, you're there's so many more components to it, you know, your ability to create a business around it and, and support yourself and attract sponsors and, and fund, you know, your way um, up the ladder. Uh, those are all components, I, I do think it's easy to be cynical towards, you know, drivers with funding or, or sponsored drivers. But but that's just part of what it takes. Right. And, um, you know, we all wish that, that we had that sponsorship or, um, or, or whatever it is, but you know, you're all, you're always trading one set of problems for another. <laughs> and, and it's really your ability to, um, you know, to focus on, on your priorities at hand that, that can get you through every day.
0: Landon Castle joining us this week here on let's go racing with David Starr. Landon, Tell us about how your season's going so far. What's the next goals that you're looking to accomplish here?
3: Yeah, I mean, it's going well. I mean, we, we've we've had a rough couple of weeks, though. Um, you're Trying to to really keep the, the overall health at Johnny, Johnny Davis Motorsports up. Um, and by that, I mean, you know, the points. Like, we want to keep the cars in points. It, it pays these teams a lot of money to be in the top 30 in owner's points. So if you're a race fan – um, that's looking for the race within the race, you know. Pay attention to those cars between twentieth and thirtieth. They're trying to get in the top thirty and owners' points. Um, there's there's a lot of money every single week at stake there. And and Johnny, we've we've been flirting with having two cars in the top thirty. Um, we we swapped points with the four and the six recently, um, and to try to get the six cars points up. And it kind of backfired on us because the last two weeks we've had mechanical issues uh, with the same car at Richmond and Bristol. So two really good race tracks for me that we hate to give up. Um, you know, potential top fifteen races for us, um, especially Bristol. Uh, but you know, that's just that's racing, and it happens. And so now we you know, you just look towards the the rest of the season. I feel like a Talladega. Um, I love. Uh, you know, talk about James Finch for just a second. One of my favorite parts about driving for James Finch was he went to super speedways with one agenda and one agenda only. And that was to lead every lap and win the race. And um, obviously leading every lap at a super speedway is is almost impossible, but I I really enjoy, I I appreciated that type of agenda driving for him because um, it was easy, right? You just, you just drive your guts out the whole time Uh, because that's what the boss wanted Uh, so for us at Talladega you know it's more of a survival thing we want to make sure that we we, you know I always tell the guys it's like look we just got to see the white flag you guys see the white flag at those super speedways it's the most important thing and you have to play this game of you know am I aggressive enough that I'm not losing the draft um, but not so aggressive that I'm going to be you know in striking distance of a wreck so we'll go to Talladega and be really focused on, on having a good balance there. Uh, I'll be back in a cup car at Talladega driving uh, for, for Gaunt brothers racing. So that'll be a really good opportunity for me and some, some great equipment um, to try to win a cup race. And then looking to the end of the season, you know, we just got some really good racetracks. I love Martinsville, Phoenix, I love Texas. Um, So, you know, hopefully we'll close that thing out. The road will be fun. I haven't driven there in a couple of years. um, But uh, but yeah, I would just try to have a good solid finish of the season and keep Johnny's cars up in points the best I can.
1: One of the things that Landon has said, guys, and I don't think, I don't know if y'all caught on what he was saying, you know, two, Johnny has four race cars. Two of them are in the points and the bonus money. And that's a big deal for smaller teams that, that aren't your big multi-million dollar teams. I mean, when you get that bonus money, I mean, that's, I mean, that's, that's keeping the lights on, keeping the door, you know, the. The lights on and the doors open, you know. But but here in Landon Talk, his car that he's been driving is in the top in the money in the top thirty. Well, they're now they're trying to get their other two cars in the top 30. And guess who they put in them? Landon Castle. You see what I mean? If I, I caught that. I don't know if y'all caught that, you know. And he was just saying uh for him to capitalize and move those numbers that Johnny has into the top 30. You know, he had some mechanical problems and some stuff, but man, it's very interesting and, and uh, really for the fans that are listening that will be listening to understand, you know, the business side of what of how we race and why we race. And, and you know, and, and, you know, not not every race. It's not all about just the, the winner that gets the big trophy and goes into victory lane. There's other so many other wins within a race. Uh, that people don't understand, you know, and uh, man, we're just fighting hard to survive and have that bonus money and be in the top 30. is so important to teams like we race for right now.
2: Absolutely. Well, and Lana, even just take us back to like how everything was one calendar year for you, or even 18 months ago, because you're running for Morgan Shepard and the Ventures Racing Xfinity Series and the team shut down or I should say is on hiatus. I mean, <clears throat> one year removed, 18 months in the pandemic, right? We know this pandemic has affected everybody and, and NASCAR isn't any different from that but how has that journey been for you through the pandemic these last 18 months
3: yeah i mean it's like for everybody it's it was an interesting year i mean i i was um coming off of racing full-time in the cup series for starcom racing and had plans to drive from morgan um we were going to go to as many races as we could we didn't really have any sponsorship it was going to be a start and park effort a lot of the time which was fine um you know because we had one car we had a we had a pretty good car we we had some speed with it we actually qualified ninth at las vegas in his car which was pretty astounding um
1: amazing uh,
3: we had a lot of solid runs in it qualifying wise um but yeah we just we just won an opportunity to race it we actually we we did race it in homestead um and finished 15th which was really cool um but uh yeah, the pandemic, I mean, it really kind of shut that down for us. It blocked us out of the points and the way that NASCAR sort of redid the points, um, we were out of the points to where we weren't able, weren't even able to come to the races, um, cause there was no qualifying. And so it sidelined us. Uh, but when, when everything shut down completely, I mean, I got into iRacing, um, which I've, I've been in iRacing for a long time, but, but, you know, just, just felt like, hey, this might be the only race car I drive all year. <laughs> and, and so uh, I started streaming and just really got involved there. And, and, and it was fun. I mean, you know, my, my fan base was really um, supportive of it. And, and I, I streamed a bunch. And what really came out of it um, was my, my good friend and fellow driver, Parker Kligerman, and I started a, an, an eSports promotions company called E racer And ultimately what we do with eRacer is, is promote the biggest and best, um, independent events on iRacing. So we put up the biggest purses. We do all the broadcasts ourselves. uh, We create all the assets for it. We hire the team. Uh, We have a team. It takes about 20 people to put on one of our events. Um, and, and they're pretty big budget. We spend a lot of money. We get sponsorship for it all. Um, and we've given out like $50,000 $50,000 worth of prize money so far, I think wow. probably more than 60,000, I think in prize money so far. Um, and our last event, which kind of our, our flagship event is the firecracker 400. We run it in July. It's a remake of, of the, the real world firecracker 400. Um, and it has a $15,000 purse. We had almost 500 competitors sign up for it. So uh, wow. it's, it's a really cool thing. And, and what we were able to do though, is just build this community um, around eNASCAR and esports and iRacing, uh, and we have a Discord server with a couple thousand people, and they're, you know, it, it's it's turned into something more than just a couple events.
1: Man, that's amazing. The business side, you know, the pandemic hit, shut our sport down, and and man, it's so cool to hear you explain that, and it has turned into a, a great business for you. And given a lot of opportunities to a lot of race enthusiasts out there that that probably don't get to race in NASCAR with us or even on a short track wherever they may live, but man, they're professional i racers, you know, and and, mm-hmm. to, and to race for the kind of money you're talking about, Landon. Man, that that is that is
3: it's the like going to a Saturday night short track, isn't dude, it? <laughs> that's that's amazing, man.
1: Yeah. Uh, unbelievable. I mean, hell, these these iRacer professionals are making more than the that actually people are out there <laughs> racing cars, dude. That's amazing. I know. That, that's pretty cool what y'all have what y'all have founded and and the opportunities you're giving racers across the country, man. You should be so proud. I didn't even know y'all were doing that, but I'm not too involved in the iRacing deal. But man, that is that is really cool. Wow.
3: Yeah, we we've really enjoyed it. And and I, you know, I truly believe that that's Sim racing, um, in particular, iRacing, because it's the best sim racing platform out there. Um, It it is another racing discipline. It's not real racing versus not real racing. It is is definitely real racing. Um, It's just racing in the virtual world. So um, it's a different discipline of racing. You have different forces on your body. You're not at a physical risk like you are in, in a real car. Uh, but but it, it happens in a very real way, and and you can I I think that an up and coming driver can really learn a lot of fundamentals um, on that platform, and it can be a great supplement to to what they're learning out in the real world.
1: You know, Landon, listen to you talk. Uh, you know, when when COVID hit, set everything down, and, and NASCAR put I racing on television uh, you know I, th- I thought it was the coolest thing but uh do you think i think the i racing and sim racing has really helped our industry as a whole because i, I really mm-hmm. believe that people that are kids and you know adults and people that are really good at it and who are making a lot of money from be thankful to people like yourself and parker klingerman uh do you think that a lot of them will say, man, this is really cool. I'm really good at it. Let's go to our sh- our local racetrack and let's get in a real race car. You know what I mean? Yeah. Is, it, is it a tool? Is it is it something that directs them to their local dirt track or local asphalt track so we can build our future in this sport? I mean, what's your thoughts on that? I, and, and man, it's interesting that we're talking about this because I've had that question on my mind for a long time and nobody really asked. So mm-hmm. what's your thoughts on that, Landon?
3: Yeah, because I, I think it's just a very low barrier of entry, um, and it's an easy way for someone to to get to know racing um, and to get to know the sport, but in a serious way. Not in a, it's not a game, you know. It's you can you can play racing games, and racing games are also a, a really fun way to learn the sport, but um, it's a little bit more serious and more competitive. And I think that it's a great bridge uh, to the real world. So if you're new to racing. You can start out on iRacing at the very lowest level, the the same way you would if you were new to racing and you went to your local short track. Uh, but it's a low barrier of entry. I mean, it's it's ten bucks a month or whatever it costs uh, for a membership. You know, you just need a gaming computer, and you could spend a hundred bucks on a steering wheel and have something that works. So that I, it's it's a really easy way in, and and then I think for young drivers, for serious drivers, I think it's a great learning tool. I think you learn, you just learn how to go about a race. I mean, my son is six years old and has a go-kart. And when I'm telling him, you know, things to do in his go-kart, I reference iRacing. You know, I say, hey, now remember on iRacing, you follow this line around the corner. And, and, you know, iRacing is how he knows what the flags mean um you know iRacing is how he understands what a pit lane is you know and that that you enter and exit a racetrack in a certain way uh, because those are all things that you do in in the iRacing sim so I I just think that it's a it's a great bridge for like you said new fans but also a good fundamental learning tool for young drivers
0: well and, and Landon uh last year you were pretty successful uh running the pro invitational series during the pandemic and getting the TV time and such, what was it like for you to not only, you know, be on that stage, but to do as well as you did? Did, did it feel like a, an opportunity of sorts that you were getting, you were getting to show kind of an equal footing of sorts, how good you were compared to the rest of them?
3: Yeah, that was a cool aspect to it. I felt like, uh, you know, i I had an opportunity to race against these guys that I have been racing against for the last decade. But on an on a fair playing field, that was something that I've never had before, um, you know. And 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 I and I'm gonna say it's fair. Some of those guys might say it's not fair because they might say, well, I didn't. I'm not very good at die racing, and I have never messed with it. And it was like, well, okay. Well, we're all at home for eight weeks. What else do you have to do? So I'm gonna focus on it. And I'm gonna do, be the best darn sim racer that I could be. Um. So it was just it was cool to race against those drivers on an equal playing field because I don't get to do that very often. Um, and, and you know, what's funny, I learned, you know, some of those guys that are good in real life, they're good for a reason. I mean, Denny Hamlin was one to me that was just like, good God. I mean, the guy, he's just good. He knows how to win, you know, and, and that's, that's, uh, that's, that's what separates those guys, um, from, from some of the other ones that just can't win even in good equipment. You know, we all talk about being in better equipment. David, you know, you and I both know how much we would love to be in in faster race cars. No offense to any of the teams that we've driven for in our careers, right? We all want to be in faster race cars, um, but you still have to know how to win when you do get in those cars. And um, and and that's that was one thing that I that I saw in Denny Hamlin was just like, man, this guy isn't just good; he knows how to win. Absolutely.
1: That's, and that's, man, I love hearing you explain that because people don't understand just because you, you get that opportunity that we're all working and, and we're all just working our tails off to have. Uh, and when you get them, you, you know, and, and it's interesting because, I mean, one of my great friends, and I hate to even say his name, but he's a great friend of mine, Brendan Gone, you know, he's like, man, once he got an opportunity with RCR, he said, dude, I, I had to learn how to win all over again, you know, and, and yeah. Uh, when you got the team behind you and, and the, the resources, the engineering and the technology and everything that you could ever want, you know, it's it's all it's all on you and the team, you know. And, and the, you know, one of the things that he said, I had to learn how to win, you know. And uh, just because you have that doesn't guarantee you a win. We all work our tails off and, and, and strive to have that. And once you get it, you, you got to do what Landon's talking about. You got to learn how to win with it, you know, mm-hmm. because we see it. We even see it. I mean, it's it happens week in and week out. People have those opportunities, and uh, you know. And I think over time they figure out, hey, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm getting experience, and I'm trying to figure out how to win with it, you know. And mm-hmm. uh, absolutely, man, it's a great way to explain it, Landon.
0: For sure. Well, what, what's funny too about this, uh, y- what you guys are talking about, Dominic and I were literally just having this conversation today about. The transition of when drivers go from you know average to below average equipment to elite equipment, how that process is of that it doesn't necessarily mean that you're just going to win races because you're running in top stuff. That you have to learn how to drive it. And that uh, you know, try to learn to win of sorts. I mean, David, if if you hopped in Kyle Larson's car right now, I mean, it would it would take time before you would be uh, running at that Hendrick level, right?
1: absolutely but I love to have the opportunity you know (laughs) I think over the years uh over the years you know having to it's interesting and I'm not going to name the driver but uh you know at times man you're in practice over the years in practice and you're just you're over driving the corner you're trying to get back to the gas early and you're 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 telling your crew chief hey the thing won't turn in the center but you're you know you're over driving the corner and Man, you're just driving the wheels off the car and you're 20th, you know. And then when practice is over with, man, one of your buddies comes up to you and they say, how's your car? It's like, man, it's it's a little tight in the center, but I'm over driving the corner. You know, I'm 21st, 20th, or 22nd in practice. And how's yours? Well, man, I stayed up too late last night. I got a little bit of a hangover, but it's good. I'm fourth. You know, I'm like, you're fourth and you feel like crap. And he's nowhere driving it as hard as we are, you know what I mean? And uh, but man, there, there's no substitute for, uh, you know, the best equipment with the best people and all the money in the world. I mean, there's no substitute for that, but I just think over the years, doing the best we can and with the teams that we've been given the opportunity to race for, that, that if Landon or myself had the opportunity to jump in Kyle Larson's car, I think we would figure out how to win real quick. Mm-hmm. I don't think it would take us that long.
3: <laughs> I always sure. want and,
1: and Landon will agree with me, uh, a couple of years ago, uh, I was fighting for to stay on the lead lap, and I got in the leader's way, and, you know, hey, man, we're racing just as hard as they are, and I figured, hey, if you're lapping me, man, you can get around me, but I'm trying to pass the guy in front of me because I'm trying to stay on the lead lap. And uh, Manny came over, and he just said, "Hey, man, he told me what he thought about me, and and uh, I told him what I thought about him. And I said, anytime he wanted to switch cars, I would be happy to do that with him. You know what <laughs> I mean? Just to see, you know, understand that. Hey, man, we're racing just as hard as you are. You're just very fortunate that you have the car you have, and we're doing everything, and we're, we're and we're happy to have the opportunities and be racing." And to ask at our level, but I'll be glad to change teams with you for one race <laughs> just to see how you would do in, in the equipment we have to drive you week in and week out. And yeah. not that we're complaining, just want to see what you could do with it, you know, <laughs> because we know what we can do with it. We want to yeah. see if you could do just as well.
3: <laughs> it's just it's a, it's, just a com- it's a competitive business, man, and nobody has it easy. And it's just, you know, it doesn't matter who you are. It, nobody has it easy. And and you're, you know, you you're just it's just a matter of how you deal with your challenges and and um but uh you know you couldn't have said it better David
1: you know here here you know that we're talking about it I want to say I tell people sometimes they probably think I'm weird but uh you know just to be racing at the level we're racing at and how challenging it is and how tough it is man I'll tell everybody just to be in the race you're a winner you're a winner mm-hmm. sometimes they look at me what are you talking about you're a winner because it's a challenge man it's
3: yeah
1: it's hard you know it's not an easy process these days if it all if it only went off what Landon was talking about earlier your ability and the talent you have man it you know it's, it's so much more to that today in professional auto racing so anyway
2: Absolutely. but it's still
1: awesome I still love it I mean it's Man, Landon race our tails off sometimes for 23rd, 21st, 22nd. <laughs> I mean, it's just hard racing, you know, but it's, it's still yeah. awesome, you know.
3: And it's, it can be rewarding, too.
1: Absolutely.
3: <laughs> well, you, and you guys like said the best, too. I mean,
2: it's rewarding. Oh, yeah. Well, and you guys said the best, too. The sport requires a lot of money, a lot of people. And, and Landon certainly have one of the more interesting sponsorship deals this year with Voyager, the cryptocurrency brokerage firm. The Athletic had reported back in June that you were the first driver. And NASCAR history to be paid in cryptocurrencies. So tell us a little bit about that and your fascination with cryptocurrencies.
3: <laughs> yeah, I mean crypto is is um, not just an investment for me at this point. It's it's a lifestyle for me. I I've, I got into crypto several years ago and um, I've done a little bit of everything in the space. I've I've bought it. I've traded it. Uh, I've actually had a, a Bitcoin mining farm at one point uh, for about two years and mined Bitcoin. So uh, I'm very familiar with it, but I started networking in this space a couple of years ago and, and really wanted it to be part of my professional career, and um, that's where I met Steve Ehrlich, the CEO of Voyager, and they were an upstart company, a new brokerage platform, and serving uh, people via mobile app in the United States, and, and it just has blown up for them in the last year, and, and Steve and I have always kept in touch, and we, we get together when I'm in New York and um and so this summer was perfect timing for us to get together and and he said Let, let's do it let's get on a race car let's go and so we we took him racing this year and uh, it's been a blast and they've they've gotten a lot out of it and, and for me I just I love the partnership because it's a it's a sponsor that I identify with and it's a space that I identify with so Steve and I um you know we speak a lot we've we've um spoken to athletes and um we love talking about crypto. We love talking, spending time together. And and it's something that, you know, I'm happy to bring to my fan base and 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 I'm really happy that it's that it's keeping me in a race car.
2: So I think it's safe to say you're trying to take a Voyager to the moon.
3: That's right. Yeah. Yeah. And
2: David, you're kind of a crypto guy yourself a little bit.
1: <laughs> man, it's interesting hearing Landon talk, man. I uh I love crypto. I I that's a man, that's a space I like to play in, you know. And yeah. uh man, I have traded it for a couple of years now. And, uh, it's been good to me. Um, I had, my brother, uh, did really, really well with it. And I remember when he introduced me to it, where, where Ethereum was at, where I, you know, where we were playing and, uh, man, he, uh, it changed his life, you know, and, uh, I was blown away by all of it. And, and I did my research and sh- research and started understanding it, you know, and, and, uh, man, you read about it you see it everywhere and uh man i i, I like i said i started dabbling with it a couple of years ago and it, it's been really uh good to me and it's very interesting you know and uh that's pretty cool landon i didn't really know that you're that in you know in depth with it you know what i mean that's pretty that's pretty neat but uh you know i don't share that with a lot of people but it's just you know i found out about it through my brother and, and uh, man I've, I've been trading it and it's uh, uh, it's, it's amazing. You know, it's, it's just amazing. I, I, uh, I, I love it. I think it's a, a great, uh, currency and it's funny when people say, man, you know, I hear people talking about it all the time and, and I talk, I talk with them a little bit, but you know, there's nothing tangible, you know what I mean? So, well, <laughs> Hey, sure there is, you know, <laughs> yeah. But anyway, that's 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 interesting, and uh, man, I, I'd love to meet the Steve guys sometime. I think that'd be pretty cool to 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 hear y'all's talk and and to to learn learn more about it uh, through you guys, Landon. It's pretty yeah. awesome.
3: Well, he'll be in he'll be in Las Vegas, so come come find him. Oh, me he, out oh, oh dude, yeah, that's that's there.
1: awesome, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's Let's, pretty. I'll cool.
3: introduce you to him. Oh
1: yeah. yeah.
3: Tyler, are you a crypto
1: guy? <laughs> come again? Oh yeah, Tyler,
2: are you a crypto guy yourself?
0: You know, I, I have been fascinated by it, but uh, I have not gotten into it myself. So you guys just might have to uh, draw me in here. I, I don't know where to start. Where does a guy like me, that's not into it, start?
3: Uh, download Voyager and, and open an account and, and fund it. Uh, use use a. I'll give you my promo code, and if you if you use a hundred, if you trade a hundred dollars, then we both get twenty five dollars. Okay,
1: so it sounds like free money. I'm gonna have yep. to jump over to Voyager. I'm in, I'm in uh, Coinbase.
3: You know, what I mean? yeah, wow. yeah. I'll, that, uh, I'll get You guys, my promo code. Plug yeah. that
0: promo code for our listeners or something, maybe.
3: Well, it's a. Uh, let me see. You can use code Landon, but let me okay. let me use uh, let me get you my personal promo code. Okay. Here. Oh, so so the three of us we're in the inner circle. We're not. Uh... That's right. Well, anybody can use my anybody that's listening can use my promo code if they want. Get out your pen. It's. 8F is in Frank 107B. So, 8F107B, Bravo.
2: There we go.
3: 8F107B is in Bravo. Awesome. Yep. There we go. So, if you download Voyager, open an account, and fund that account and trade $100. Um, or more than $100, straight $101. And then both of us, you and myself, will get $25 in in free Bitcoin. And I'll actually get, this is getting one step farther with Voyager. I will get an an additional bonus beyond that because I hold Voyager token. They have a loyalty program um, with their native token. So if you're a a Voyager token holder too, you get a boost on on that, depending on what, what level you're a Voyager token holder. Dude, if I get off this podcast,
1: man, y'all know what I'm going to be doing.
3: (laughs) There you go. Download Voyager. I love it. I love it, guys. We'll introduce you to Steve in Vegas. I'll introduce you to Steve in Vegas, David, and and we'll tell him that we got you on the app and that you uh, love that. I love it. I love it.
0: Uh, Before we get to our news...
1: Hey Before Tyler, we- I, I I think every NASCAR driver should have their account with Voyager. What do you think, Landon?
3: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> now we need to get Steve, Voyager keeps, to Steve keeps they- telling me that uh, that he, he wants me to get Dale Jr. on the app. I'm like, I'm like, I don't know how to get Dale Jr. on there, but
0: I can try. Yeah. Now we need to just now we just need to, to get them to sponsor the podcast. You know, we'll get <laughs> there you go. There you <laughs> go. go. We'll get him on the pod.
1: I'm sure we got Hey, Tyler, I'm sure we got enough people to get to Download Voyager and you know and, and invest a couple hundred dollars and start trading it. They probably would, you know. Was, so uh, yeah. yeah we, just, we got our work cut out for us, <laughs> but I think there's a sponsorship, small sponsorship there for us if we can do that. Right. I don't think we're probably <laughs> <challenging, right?
0: laughs> Well, we just made Landon some free money tonight, so uh, I'll consider that a success. Before we get to our news and notes segment, just a reminder that the folks at Waterburger cook up 100% pure beef burgers 24 hours a day. You can get your burger fixed anytime, day or night at Waterburger. Proud to serve it hot and fresh, 24 hours a day. What a burger. Uh, Dominic, uh, news and notes time. Uh, There's some busy stuff happening in the sport. Let's uh, start out first by uh, looking at the 12 that have advanced to the next round of the playoff. Kyle Larson, he's in good shape. Everyone else, pretty wide open.
2: Very wide open, right? It's anybody's game at this point. We know at Bristol Motor Speedway, Kyle Larson picked up his sixth win of the NASCAR Cup Series season and his 12th of his career, placing him in sole possession of 60th on the NASCAR all-time wins list. I mean, he's starting to get in some pretty big territory, right? Approaching guys like Jeff Bodine, Davey Allison, Tim Richmond on this wins list. So you look, though, at the overall thing with the NASCAR Cup Series and the playoffs, I mean, we had some some really good talent not advanced to the next round, right? I look at Kurt Bush in that one car, a lot of speed that is not advancing to the next round where I think he could have made a lot of noise, but yeah, Tyler, I, I don't want to call you a a prophet, but I do want to say, I think your prophecy is coming true with Danny Hamlin turning up into another gear here as the playoffs have started.
0: Yeah. uh, You look at the uh, playoffs and you have all four Hendrick, all four Gibbs, Mm -hmm. all three Penske, and then Stuart Haas with uh, Kevin Harvick, David, the cream, has risen to the top. The elite teams are all over this remaining twelve teams in the playoff here.
1: Yeah, that's not surprising. You know, I really thought Kirk Bush would have been part of that top twelve. I mean, they've shown so much speed and what Ganassi has done the second half of the season. I was really uh, surprised to see Kirk Bush fall out of the top twelve and not not continue on. But man, it's uh, you know we're not surprised by the the, the dominance of Hendricks and, and Gibbs and. Uh, and then looking at uh, you know, I just watching Kevin Harvick this week just seemed like they're you know they're kind of coming on at the right time you know, and it was kind of cool to see Kevin finally battling for a win you know, and and I think uh, you know that they'll take that momentum and, and and keep running with it, but uh but not surprised by you know the 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 Hendricks and the Gibbs, and uh, you know you look at uh, you know no surprise you look at the Pinsky cars you know they're going to be contenders every year so uh it's going to be interesting you know from this point forward to see who makes it into the top eight and on and on and on and I, you know I love the playoffs you know the playoffs I mean you know we talked about it earlier there's people that don't even really watch our sport but the excitement and the drama is drawing more fans into to what this playoff system is doing for our sport and uh, man it's uh, again it's going to be tough to to to, uh, you know, I think it's Denny, it's uh, Kyle Larson's to lose the championship, but, man, he's got some strong guys right behind him fighting for Denny Hamlin being the guy that I think would, could knock him off the throne for this for the championship this year.
0: Landon, what do you make of the uh, top 12 that advanced? Uh, Who do you like uh, out of that to potentially win that championship?
3: Man, I mean, it's hard to bet against Kyle Larson right now, um, <clears throat> and, and I'm a Denny Hamlin fan right now, too, so... I'm um, kind of anxious to see, you know, those two battle it out. And um, Kyle is just, you know, he's a driven right now. And, and I, I think you don't want to get in the way of someone that's as focused and, and motivated as he is.
0: Yeah, he's uh, he's on quite the uh, quite the tear. Dominic, if you had to pick a name besides Denny Hamlin or Kyle Larson, who could sneak up there and, and uh, compete with those guys, potentially
2: take that title away? Really, really can't root against any of the Joe Gibbs Racing guys, right? Seems like Joe Gibbs Racing camp as a whole has come on fire during this, this NASCAR postseason, especially somebody like a Kyle Busch or Martin Truex, multi-winner this year in 2021. You really can't look past those two guys, and and how even the Penske guys. I mean, Blaney kind of had a lot of momentum there with the wins there through the summer stretch before the playoffs started. Joey Logano, Brad Keselowski, we know they're always going to be consistent throughout the playoffs and have made it to the championship four time and time again. It's really hard to say, man, but if I had to give you one name, I would have to say Kyle Bush. Okay, so there you have it. Uh, some uh,
0: thoughts there
2: on the uh, playoff, and uh, what else we got going on, Dominic? Other headline we looked at this week on Sunday, September 19th, Rodney Childers, crew chief for Kevin Harvick at Stewart House Racing, tweeted out that he had, ex- he had signed a contract extension with the Cup Series team for, quote, years to come. No details on how long the extension is, but that that tandem has been paired up since 2014, and in that first year, they won the NASCAR Cup Series title. So, guys, Kevin Harvick, Rodney Childers, here to stay as a staple in the Cup Series.
0: David, we'll start with you here. Uh, Rodney Childers, uh, he was really good there with Michael Waltrip, uh, getting Brian Vickers to victory lane. Now, the success he's had with uh, with Kevin Harvick, uh, Rodney Childers. Ever since Chad Canales retired, you could argue is as good
1: as any crew chief in the sport right now. Yeah, you know that's just a uh, you know I'm not surprised by that news. I mean, why would you break up a, a a crew chief pairing of, of Roddy Childers and Kevin Harvick? You know it's proven it's proven uh, champions there, and uh, you know I think that was smart on Stuart Haas's part to to give him extension on his contract because man, you don't you don't want to mess up that pairing. That's championship caliber
3: right there, no doubt.
0: Yeah. Uh, Landon, uh, Rodney and Kevin, what, what a duo that, that has been over the last few years.
3: Yeah. And, and Rodney is, you know, it's, he's cool because he's, there's only a few of those old school, cool crew chiefs in the sport right now. Those guys, um, you know, it takes, he, you have, you, people don't realize how forward thinking someone like him has to be to make it this long at that level. Um, with his background you know he's not an engineer by trade he's a racer uh, in fact he's a former driver he's raced in the bush series um, so it, it but there's if there's one thing about Ronnie Childers I mean the guy just he makes cars go fast like he just makes them go fast every car that he works on um, has gone fast so uh it's it's pretty impressive he's a guy that that a lot of drivers would love to work with but i would imagine that kevin's got him tied up until kevin's uh retired
0: <laughs> yeah uh, absolutely and uh this weekend uh heading out to uh vegas uh, dominic you've been out to vegas several times uh, what can you tell us about this uh this race that uh, we have coming up uh this weekend here
2: sure las vegas will be under the light sunday night it'll be the opening race for the round of 12 in the nascar cup series it will be an awesome race. We know Vegas has been on the schedule since 1998, and they acquired their second cup date in 2018, and they've had a second date as a playoff race over the last four years, this year being no exception on that. And I you mean, know, Dave Lanning, you guys can kind of speak to this too. I mean, it's in a really cool area, north Las Vegas, right next to the Air Force Base and about five miles north of the Las Vegas Strip. It's a really cool area and a really cool experience if you've never been as a fan. Landon, well, uh, what do you make of uh, Las Vegas?
0: Uh, I know you've been out there. Uh you, you like that track? What do you expect to see from uh, the, the race this weekend?
3: Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Um, the track's getting more and more character every time we go. It's, it seems like every time we go back, it's it's rougher than the last time. It's slicker than the time before. Uh, the tires are seeing a lot of a of fall off. I feel like drivers like David and myself, you know, usually enjoy that, appreciate it, it gives us a chance to maybe – make up for anything that our cars might be lacking so um last couple times we've gone there the high line has really come in uh so i'll be keeping an eye on that and maybe if i you know later in the third stage maybe not in stage one and two but later in the third stage i'll just kind of pay attention and and see if i need to be running again up against the wall or not Uh, but uh, you know just hoping for a good solid run David, uh, you know, one, one thing I'll mention too
0: about Vegas that I don't think gets enough credit, mm-hmm. when you look at um, the sports scene that's there now between, you know, the Raiders who are in their second season there, the hockey team, the Golden Knights have been there several years. NASCAR for the longest time was the only annual event that was in Las Vegas, and the fans showed up and showed out. They earned a second date and such. I mean, you could credit – NASCAR and Las Vegas Motor Speedway for helping Las Vegas become the sports city it is
1: today. Man, I, I got to totally agree with you. You know, it's, I mean, you would think Las Vegas, Nevada, with all the excitement and the the energy in the air, uh, you know, with the Raiders, the new Raider Stadium is unbelievable. But man, I've always thought, man, what a cool city to have a major NFL football team, you know. I, I mean, we, Landon knows, that I know, but, man, when the races are in town, man, it's uh, there's a there's a lot of fans there that love our sport. And uh, the racetrack's awesome. I think over the years, it's weathered, and it's, uh, it's rougher, it's bumpy. Uh, it's got two or three different grooves on it, you know, and uh, just makes for great racing, you know. And I think as it sits out there and bakes in the sun, it makes the racing better and better, you know, because if the track gets rougher, the bumpier. You know when you go into Turn One and through the center of the corner, it's really bumpy. And uh, sometimes, if you can get your car to drive through that, it's pretty good. And uh, you can run on the bottom, you can run up against the wall. I think the tire fall off is really good. It makes the racing great when the tire falls off like it does. And uh, but man, what a what a great city, man! The, I know the the fans of Las Vegas, the people of Las Vegas, Nevada, the hockey team. That's I know there's been a lot of enthusiasm through some of my former sponsors out there. They're they're big NASCAR fans, but they love their hockey team out there. And uh, and then now having the Raiders out there, man, there's a lot of excitement excitement going on out in Las Vegas these days.
0: Yeah, there there certainly is. Uh, we'll get to our. Uh, Ask David's segment in just a moment, but before we do, stop by Whataburger for a hot, hearty breakfast. Any morning or late at night, they're serving a breakfast from 11 p.m. to 11 a.m. Whataburger, proud to serve it hot and fresh, 24 hours a day. Uh, all right, let's go to the uh, inbox. You can send us your questions on Twitter at Star Podcasts, Facebook David Starr Podcast, and by email, DavidStarPodcast@gmail.com. at gmail.com. We'll start out with a Twitter question. This one comes from Judson, at Judson Racing. Question for both of you guys. If you were in charge of NASCAR, what is the first thing you would change? Landon, let's start with you. <laughs>
3: um, man, uh, you know, I would, I would implement... A very specific um, performance-based approval system to get um, to to make your way through the Arca Truck Xfinity and Cup series. Okay, so So something
0: something like a you know regulation uh, system like we see (laughs) in soccer or or golf where guys get demoted. I I would tie it
3: to your on-track performance. I think, uh, you know, you're and I would make it very statistic-based. I would make it very black and white and then tie it to your on-track performance, your finishing positions, and your, your, um, your crash rate. Um, I would think that all those things should play a role. The number of starts that you have, um, you know, create a very performance-based – structure to, to get a license to where, to the point that, you know, having a, the ability to earn a cup license is, is elite and you have to, you know, accomplish a lot. You have to have a minimum of, you know, 50 Xfinity series starts or 40 Xfinity series starts. You have to have at least one top 10 finish. You have to have, you know, less than, you know, certain amount of crashes per race for all those starts, um, whatever it may be. David, what do you think of that idea? Man, I think that's,
1: that's brilliant. That's, a, that's, a, that's brilliant, man. I, I totally agree with Landon, you know, and, and uh, you know, because, I mean, sometimes it's kind of interesting. Uh, and, like, hey, everybody has their own story on how they get to NASCAR and to the elite level of our sport, you know. But sometimes I think maybe people get there too quick. Uh, there's a lot of great racers across the country from from all parts of the United States. And, uh, you know, some some are more fortunate than others. And and sometimes, you know, you have some of these kids around the country that their parents can afford to write a check and put them put them at where me and Landon are, you know, and, and I think uh, at times, uh, you know, uh, that there should be a, a more of a more detail and depth process to build a race at the level that we race at, you know? And, uh, so listen to Landon speak about that. I think that's a brilliant ideal, you know, but, uh, but man, all, all it takes is a check these days, you know, and, and it's kind of amazing that, that, uh, uh, that, you know, you, you, uh, you talk to some people and, uh, <laughs> Hi, Kim. <laughs> Hi. Hi, Kim. Hi, <laughs> Kim. just got home from a meeting that started about six hours ago. (laughs) Um, But, you know, I, I, uh, I, I definitely support what Landon was talking about, you know, because sometimes, I mean, things happen, and I don't think people that are racing at the level that we're at sometimes have the experience to be racing at that level, and sometimes it, 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 it it's a challenge and sometimes it affects other teams and uh, so I definitely agree with Landon 110 percent and uh, one of the things one of the things that I think uh, you know that looking at how many cars we have on the racetrack today I think there's um, you know, during this COVID stuff, we run 40 cars, and when it, when we have to practice and qualify, there's only 36. But, you know, I like for NASCAR to make it where there are 40 cars to start each and every race in all three national series. When I say national series, and NASCAR Camping World Truck Series and the Xfinity Series and the Cup Series. It'd be kind of cool if, if all across the board, all three national NASCAR racing series had 40 cars in each series. I think it would be great. And I say that just because I think it's great to have as many race cars as you can have as you can have on the racetrack competing. You know what I mean? And I, that's one of the things that I, I would hope that NASCAR would do in the future. Okay, so th-
0: that's uh, that's fascinating. Uh, some good answers from uh, both of you there. Got a, another question. This one's uh, from the email inbox. This is from Rob. This is for Landon. Landon, is it true that you have a castle tattooed on your foot?
1: <laughs> wow. Yes,
0: Rob, I do. <laughs> Come you you want to see it? Yes. yes. We'll see Hell
1: it. yeah. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, that's awesome.
2: <laughs> How papal was that, Landon?
3: Uh that one hurt pretty bad, but fortunately I was like 18 when it ha- when I got it done. So <laughs> I, was, that, I was That's dumb.
1: pretty cool, Landon. Yeah. I don't have a star tattooed on me anywhere, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: you should get one.
1: <laughs> David uh, needs to you? get
0: the Whataburger logo tattooed on him while he's at it too. Absolutely. How
1: about you, Tyler or Dominic? Do we got any tattoos on y'all's bodies anywhere? No
0: tattoos, I don't have any either. tattoos. I'm not opposed to tattoos. I just haven't found one the thing I want on my body my entire life.
2: Yeah, and kind of- My pretty- last yeah.
0: name's not Castle. It doesn't <laughs> no, I, work like
2: that. Yeah, or Star. Yeah, I can't work with that. But no, I, I could appreciate the artwork. I can sit there and admire. You can always admire things, right? That you can't do. Like, I can't drive for crap. I've, I've gotten behind the wheel of go-karts and race cars. No, not really that well. I'm not a good artist, but I can sit there and admire artwork all day. And I, I think there are some amazing tattoos out there. But like you, Tyler, I just haven't found anything that I want to put on my body. <laughs>
3: <laughs>
0: awesome <laughs> yeah gosh that's funny that's really good guys uh before we go uh let's go around the room uh real quick uh landon tell us about the uh, next few days ahead for you man what's uh what's going on with you
3: yeah I'm, I'm heading to vegas tomorrow so i'm flying out in the afternoon uh my wife's joining me so that'll be her first her first race of the season so um, pretty, pretty happy to have her out in Vegas with me. So Thursdays, hopefully, uh, just lay by the pool and enjoy, uh, enjoy the hot sun, kind of relax. And then, uh, Friday, probably a little bit more of the same, actually just kind of hang out in Vegas for a couple <laughs> of days. So yeah, kind of take it a couple days off, but with the Voyager folks are coming out. So I've got a lot of people from the Voyager community are going to be there. The VGX heroes, um, community, which is kind of the, the Voyager, Token community on social media that follows me and supports me and supports the Voyager token. Um, so they'll be at the race. And then Saturday, uh, it's um, called into work. Awesome. Where can uh, people follow and connect with you, Landon? Yeah, I mean, I'm easiest to reach on Twitter, uh, at Landon Castle on Instagram as well. That's great. Uh,
2: Dominic, what's going on this week with the Racing Experts? Well, we're going to have our great Frank Romero photographer who's been with us over the years. He will be covering the NASCAR Las Vegas race for us this weekend through his photo lens. We'll be covering remotely. Jonathan Field and myself. And yeah, it'll be a great
1: race weekend. How about you, David? Man, I got a tomorrow. I got a busy day. I got a meeting at the Texas motor speedway tomorrow morning. And then, uh, then I'm going to go get a haircut and then get back to my house, mow my grass. And, uh, think we got some soccer practice tomorrow evening and uh and then uh thursday i'm uh, i'm off to uh las vegas to go join landon with the little uh r&r you know what i mean i uh, invited my wife but i don't think she'll be joining me this trip uh even though she'd like to but uh but just looking forward to always a fun time in las vegas not only to enjoy the the, the casinos and the and the Nightlife and just everything going on around there, but man, love racing. There's Las Vegas Motor Speedway, and I just uh I hope myself and Landon we have a great race for our teams, and uh, we get out of there and we're happy.
2: And, and real quick, Landon, actually, we got one more question that came in through through Snapchat. This question comes from Layton. He wanted to ask, "What was it like working with me as your PR guy?"
3: Um. Well, I mean, it was it was a grind, and um and it was. It was, you know, a learning experience for both of us, I'm sure. And we both have come out the other end. But really, Leighton was my PR guy at at JD Motorsports until he um, left and moved on to bigger and better things at at GMS. Uh, He pretty much shoves it in our face that he's in victory lane every other week um, already. I think it's one of his first weeks at the track. He was in victory lane sending pictures to our JD Motorsports driver group group thread so we'll have to kick him out of that group thread eventually but uh love Leighton and thanks for watching the show bud but Lennon, you know what
1: I don't think he's having fun you guys are having so uh he can add right. likes and all the
3: pictures for right. victory
1: lane but he still ain't having the fun y'all are having over there at JD so uh so yeah anyway.
0: I gotta know while you're in Vegas uh are you gonna go to the roulette wheel and
3: put your chips on black number four <laughs> oh, man. I guess I ought to now that you said I should. So I'll I'll do it. I'll let you know how it goes. Okay.
0: I expect a, a full report, just like Peyton Manning uh, said the other night when uh, when his guys hit on red 18, you know, that Peyton Manning luck to go to your way. There you go. <laughs> uh, that about does it for this edition of Let's Go Racing with David Starr. You can follow us on Twitter at starpodcasts Facebook.com forward slash Star podcast and send us an email Star podcast at gmail.com we'll put the checkered flag out on this episode subscribe to let's go racing new episodes out each and every wednesday on apple spotify google podcasts on youtube as well leave us a like and a five-star review we certainly would appreciate it for david star Dominic Aragon, and lennon castle i'm tyler jones thanks so long it's been another edition of let's go racing we'll see you next week